this is stable. I know that if I work this many hours, I'm going to get this paycheck. Um, but then it, there also is a, the thought that that can be kind of limiting because are you going all in on your business or is that, you know, holding you back? A lot of online content is all the same. It's all people just, you know, they put up their camera and they're talking head and step one, step two, step three. <laughs> and so we create content that is not settling for the norms. We do things that are that are different, that are bold, that are creative, sometimes disruptive, sometimes polarizing, but that's what takes a stand and attracts a, a very loyal audience. They told the AI, your job is to not be detected by the humans and not to give anything away that you're an AI bot, right? And it took them a while. Like they were picking people going, oh, you're the AI bot. Nope, that's a human. Uh, okay. Yeah. And it took a while, but finally they voted off the AI, but it didn't, it didn't happen in the first shot. Welcome to another episode of Dental Marketing Theory. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. And today, you're going to want to tune into this episode because I have somebody who's very special to the dental industry. She was once a full-time hygienist, and she describes her journey of leaving the chair and leaving the dental industry and starting a new business around content and how she helps businesses grow through content creation. Her name is Marley Jacks, and you're not going to want to miss this one. Stay tuned. All right. So Marley, I've been following your content probably for about two or three years. I've kind of seen your development, not only of you growing your business, but also just your your creative sense. And recently you had a video that did pretty well about how you got canceled. And I won't tell everybody about that, but you should go watch it watch it because you purposely went out there and tried to get canceled. And it was it was a really unique and interesting video. And it, I watch it all the way through. So I want to drive people back to that. But I want the reason that I wanted you to come on today is that you used to be in the dental industry. So you're this amazing entrepreneur around social media content, all those kind of things. But you used to be in a dental office working in the chair, so to speak. So yep. I would love to hear your journey of how you got into the dental industry and then how you got out and why you got out and what you're doing now. Yeah, I was a dental hygienist, so I clean teeth every day. And I that for me, I'm a very creative person. And I knew that going into it, that that this was a great career for me to be able to go to work, to be able to contribute to my community and be able to go home. And like, you can't really take work home with you when you're a hygienist because it's just you leave it at the office. Yeah. And so it was a good career for me while I figured out what I really wanted to be when I grow up. And so uh, I, at the dental office, still was like looking for that creative outlet. So I started doing social media for the dental office between patients. And I would just make posts about like something funny that the hygienist said or about our office goldfish that we named Jaws. And from there, like people would come into the office and they would know who we were because of the social media content that I was creating. Or people would come in and be like, I saw this post or I thought this was funny. And, you know, you're relatable and you're human. And uh, and then so from there, uh, the office's IT guy was like, hey, would you be interested in doing social media for some of my other clients? And some of them were also in healthcare or, you know, an electrician or plumber or stuff like that. And so then I started to get these clients on the side, not realizing that I could do social media as a business. And then I found myself like between patients hiding in the bathroom, creating social media content, like posting on like their Twitter and their Instagram and things like that. And uh, and then, you know, having to get back to my patients and things like and and just create create content on the evenings and weekends and between patients. You want to hear something crazy? Dental marketing agencies are dead. You got that right. They're dead. Why do I say that? Well, 
We don't consider ourselves a dental marketing agency. We are a growth partner. What that means is, is we help our clients not only create opportunities, but we help them convert them and close them as well. And that is what's needed in the day and age that we live because just getting new patient leads is not enough. You need somebody that's gonna help you actually get these new patients into your chair and make sure that there's the right kind of patient for your office. Now, we put together a whole report that will tell you where dental marketing currently is because there's a ton of changes, tons of things are going on with the market, and we broke down what you're going to need to do to stay ahead of the industry and grow the way that you want. The link is down below. Go check it out. Everything is free. I look forward to hearing from you. Question, question, question for you. So the, the dental hygienist, there's a huge exodus from the dentist since COVID, like from COVID forward, huh? um, there's been like a lot of dental hygienists leaving the industry. And when I say leave the industry, maybe they stay in dental, but they're just not doing the dental hygiene that they used to do. What was like your main driver that you were like, this is why I'm getting out of the the the, the hygiene field? What was the main driver? Was it because of negativity around the job or was it because you had bigger aspirations or a little bit of both? Yeah, for me, just bigger aspirations. Like it's a great career. I loved that it had flexibility, good financial reward. Um, for me, I just like, I really value time freedom and creative freedom that I can go where I want, when I want, do what I want. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, so you were like, okay, I'm a dental hygienist, but I'm now creating this content. I really enjoy doing it. I want to do that more often. How did you, it's, it's, it's hard to be an entrepreneur, number one, but when I think the hardest part about being an entrepreneur is actually starting because you're literally walking into this big unknown world and you kind of have to let go of some things and kind of almost take a step backwards uh, before you can even get close to going forward. So how did you, how did you kind of overcome that? How did you work through that? Yeah, I would slowly start to remove, because I just, I used to work four days a week. So Tuesdays were my day off and that's when I would do my other business. Um, And then it was like, then I'd remove a day, remove a day. But I still had a really hard time letting go of the security. I say that in quotations, the security I felt in having someone else sign my paychecks that it felt like, well, this is, this is stable. I know that if I work this many hours, I'm going to get this paycheck. Um, But then there also is the thought that that can be kind of limiting because are you going all in on your business or is that, you know, holding you back? Um, Golden handcuffs, right? It's the golden handcuffs. Yeah. Well, and then look at what happened during the pandemic. People you know, jobs shut down, the, the, the security of sign- someone else signing your paycheck then ended up being a risk if you didn't have other revenue streams. So um, and I had left dental hygiene fully in 2018. So like this was before the pandemic and glad that I had that opportunity because a lot of my hygienist friends, you know, were without work for a little for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I just I just kept in my mind thinking like once I get another client, the next client, the next client, then I'll leave, then I'll leave. Um and it, it took me a while because I would be like, oh, just one more, just one more, give me more security. But I just got to the point where I was working like 12, 14 hours a day. Yeah. I was like, okay, I but think you were You were cleaning teeth and then going home and working all night on your clients' emails and those kind of things, right? Yeah. yeah, it was a lot. So so then, so so finally you were just like, this is too much. So you quit your job, probably took a little bit of a step back financially. How did you then climb or did you take a step back financially? Well, you know what? That's what I expected. I thought, you know, I'm going to save up a lot of money here so that if I take a step back and I let go of this <laughs> this paycheck, then I'll be good while I keep building. But crazy thing that as soon as I let go of that opportunity, 
time and availability opened up and it got full and I had my highest revenue month as soon as I so month one so month one it was you were already exceeding yeah and you know what that's so true like we've I've made a lot of hard decisions in business before I'm I'm one of the hardest was should we only focus on dentists so should we niche down and when we did it it cut our revenue in half but within 90 days we it made it all back and exceeded it and then now since then we're like five, six times bigger than we were back then. So it was awesome. like the best decision that I ever made, but it's super scary when you're in the middle of it. Like it's, yeah. it's so hard. And so bravo to you to making stepping through that and, and stepping out there. So then now you have this content company that you created and you've stepped hundred percent away from dental. Tell me a little bit about that company and what you are now and what you're doing now. Yeah. So what I do now is I work with entrepreneurs, influencers, thought leaders, local businesses even, and position them as the authority in their industry to position them to have an A-list personal brand to be the go-to, the authority, uh, the undisputed leader in their niche through creating this bold online content. Um, you know, we we're even talking like before, before we hit record that a lot of a lot of online content is all the same. It's all people just, you know, they put up their camera and they're talking head and step one, step two, step three. Okay. And so we create content that is not settling for the norms. We do things that are that are different, that are bold, that are creative, sometimes disruptive, sometimes polarizing, but that's what takes a stand and attracts a, a very loyal audience. I know one of the things that people always are like kind of scared, uh, entrepreneurs, I will say, scared to invest into the content is like, what's my ROI going to be? How is this going to work, right? And how, how do you kind of approach that or how do you have that conversation with the folks that you work with? The long game is the only game worth playing. Everyone that wishes that they were big on YouTube, it's like, well, maybe you should have started 10 years ago. Second best <laughs> yeah. time to start is today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I for sure wish I started earlier, but also everything that I've created is now like real estate on the internet. It's attention that you own instead of attention that you rent. And when I say attention you rent, I mean, if you were putting money into paid ads that you have to keep paying for to keep showing up, or you have this personal brand where it's not just about selling a thing, it's about selling anything because people trust you. They see your name and they recognize you as the leader. It's like, you know, you look at personal brands, even people like the Kardashians or Mr. Beast or Elon Musk, like they can sell anything they attach their name to because the audience trusts them. Mm, that's such a good point. Yeah. Elon Musk, I think both of his companies, I don't think they have a marketing budget. I think they largely just, uh, he right. tweets about it and sends <laughs> cars into space on rocket ships and stuff like that. And then people talk about it. So um, that's that's amazing. Now, one of the things that's really hard in the dental space is a lot of dentists don't want to be on camera. Like they just sure. don't. Uh, they're just like, whatever. you like, I don't, I don't. That's not why I became a dentist. But where I think that there's a huge opportunity in the dental space is one of the biggest problems that dental offices are fo- uh, facing right now is recruiting. They can't get enough oh, hygienists. Oh. They can't. Hygiene, uh, hygiene pay is as high as it's ever been. They can't get enough dentists. There's, there's, it's really, really tough for recruiting. And the other thing that coupled with that is that a lot of these DSOs or dental service organizations, which are like a corporation that sit over the top of a lot of these dental offices, they're kind of behind a still curtain. No one, there is no, there's no one in the industry right now that opens up behind the scenes and kind of talks about the day to day of what it's like to be in these groups and they have a very much like closed door kind of philosophy, kind of like the nineties, right? Like where you just didn't talk about things and you always showed 
only the most beautiful front of everything that you were doing, none of the bad stuff behind. I have yeah. keep telling people like, if you start talking about what it's really like to run a DSO and what it's really like to do behind the scenes, I think people in the dental industry would eat it up and it would solve a lot of your recruiting problems. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, what's coming to mind is like, you think about even some of the TV shows that are really popular online. Like there was that pawn shop TV show that I loved watching. You'd think like, oh, just a typical little, you know, pawn shop and downtown, whatever. And they created stories around it. They created personas around it, these characters around it. I had a client that was a, a plumbing company, a local plumbing company. And one of the guys was really good at doing accents. And so we turned him into Plumber Dundee and he'd be like under the sink. And he'd be like, I'm literally in the plumbing jungle right now. And he had this persona that people would call this local plumbing company and request Plumber Dundee to come to be their service technician. And their phones would ring off the hook. And then we, we had to start creating other characters for the other service technicians. And so, yeah, you can be like the hole in the wall, you know, dental office, whatever. Or if you're someone that people can relate to or can refer to and name like there was that guy a couple years ago that he was like he was a dentist that he would sing parodies to like lo to you know pop songs on the radio and i imagine that that would be the kind of dentist that i would want to work for or send my family to mm, yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways to do it um and it doesn't always revolve i, I the number one thing i always hear people say is like i don't want to dance right like I, and it's it's like that's don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to, right? Like that's not, that was very much uh, the beginning of TikTok and things like that, but it's totally changed. And right now there's actually a big change. And I know you are part of this change and I'm, I'm like kind of in the middle of it because I had some success with it. And then now I'm kind of moving away from it too, is the talking heads. And just for the audience, could you quickly define what the talking head videos are and then how or why we're moving away from those? Yeah. So the talking head videos are when you typically just, you know, put up your phone or camera or whatever, and you just talk to the camera, blah, 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 ramble on, riff, step one, step two, step three, here's what you need to know, and then click the link below and come to my website. And I think a lot of people do it because it used to work. And people are starting to catch on that times are changing. And with the invention of AI able to spit out a script with the touch of a button, any, it's leveled the playing field. Anyone can create content like that. Anyone that can read can just read through a script yeah. and put out content like that every single day. Before it used to be, well, we have to put out a lot of content to maintain frequency. Now it's the quality of content, quality way beyond quantity. And so we have to get bold with our audience to stand out. We have to be, when, when there's machines and AI that are responding to comments and writing these scripts, the people that are going to stand out are the ones that come across the most human. So, so define that for me. What do you, what do you mean by most human? Like, what does that mean? I was just watching a, a show where they brought in um, some people, they brought in a panel of people. And then that one of those people was an AI bot and people had to guess who the AI bot was. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're responding to each other. And the AI was like, they told the AI, your job is to not be detected by the humans and not to give anything away that you're an AI bot, right? And it took them a while. Like they were picking people going, oh, you're the AI bot. Nope, that's a human. Uh, okay. Yeah. And it took a while, but finally they voted off the AI, but it didn't, it didn't happen in the first shot. And it's yeah. crazy because six months ago, that wasn't possible. Um, six right. months ago, you would know right away when it's a bot. And so now you have deep fakes, you have all these bots. So, and, and I've just read another article. I was watching, actually watching it this morning, reading it this morning. Uh, they, they, they think, somewhere around 60% of the internet is robots right now, today. 
And which is crazy, right? With either they're responding as robots or they're liking as robots or they're sharing as robots. And a lot of the content's just content that was created by someone and then robots just spun it, spun it, spun it, spun it. So how do you, with all that in mind, how do you actually show up human? What does that mean? Wow, that is crazy. Well, I have a confession to make. I am actually a robot. So this whole... Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure that it'll get to that, though. Like, hey, I don't have time to do these interviews, so I'm going to go send my machine to go speak on my behalf and say some really smart things in a big, bigger vocabulary than I have because it has access to all the world. Have you seen know? the present? Have you seen like the personalized AI where that they have AI chatbots for like celebrities or people like Thomas Jefferson? And so what yeah. they do is they take I've all of Thomas that. Jefferson's writings, dump it into AI, and then they're like, just respond to people when they have questions. So you can go and ask it a question, and it will respond as Thomas Jefferson based on their all the information they have on Thomas Jefferson. That's crazy. I'm sure that President Biden can use that because it seems like he's not really able to speak too well for himself right now. <laughs> Shots That's fired. Awesome. <laughs> I'm Canadian. I don't even. <laughs> In the book. Anyway. Um, yeah, to come across the most human, I mean, that's fascinating. Like that kind of social experiment even is just to see how do humans respond to that. Um, that kind of creativity though, like can an AI bot come up with that? Even if you use AI, how can you use it in a way that still provokes human emotion? So, so to show up human, should to show up human, you have to evoke human emotion. So some people are going to hear that, especially technicians, right? So people who are really good dentists or really good hygienists and that are like super like into the minor details of like their, their career, they hear that and they're like, what does that mean? So could you dig down on that a little bit for me? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's going to change based on the topic, the industry, but it's, it's tapping into something that already has a social conversation happening around yeah. it, like riding the noise of something that people are already talking about and taking a stand and, and being willing to get the same amount of hate letters as you do love letters. Because if if people have, you know, negative things to say about it, they're going to talk about it. So you mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, I did a documentary on cancel culture. And it was, it was an exp- experiment to get myself canceled. And I hope that people go see it. Go to youtube.com slash Marley Jacks. It's up there. You did some crazy stuff. I was like, well, I would not do that. Like, I was watching it going... Well, good luck to her. I hope that I hope nobody watches that video that she just did on that. Like it was scary as you work, work through the video. People were mad like and it was it was uh, days, weeks of people being upset about what we did. But more than the upset, people were also the people that were grateful for it and thankful and said that was brilliant. And I understand why you did that. And with anything, you're if you're going to be bold, you are also opening yourself up to backlash but the backlash is also the sound of waves being made. You think about anyone who has made a significant change in history, they were in the middle of disruption and willing to be polarizing. Like you think of Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Jesus, like, you know, I can throw out some big names that they are willing to be polarizing and they're willing to uh, to have those rocks thrown at them for a bigger cause. Yeah, because if you don't take a position, then no one really cares, right? Because everybody yeah. kind of has that. And- yeah. You stand for nothing, what will you fall for? Yeah, exactly. And then and then so you have to you have to be polarizing and then you you have to be okay with people not liking you. Like I even think <laughs> of like someone like Mr. Beast, who largely gives away money, helps somebody heal their eyes, and people were heated about him Crazy. helping yeah, people get, you do this instead. Like Yeah. And, and it's like and I get it. If you don't like Mr. Beast for other reasons and whatever, it's just like that one video 
people were like literally upset with. And so in my brain, I'm just like, no matter what you do, there's going to be somebody who doesn't like you. So you might as well do the things that you like to do. And for me, it's like when I create content, I'm just like, I don't care about that. I'm not creating that. I love this. It may not get as many views, but I love talking about this. Well, let me let me comment on that. Mr. Beast, when he had put out, so one of the things that you hear a lot mm -hmm. of content marketers, gurus say is like, put out 100 videos and get 1% better every time. But what they don't warn you about is that you might get to 100 videos and still not have very much to show for it. Like Mr. Beast, when he put out 100 videos, had 720 subscribers. And I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs who are addicted to that instant gratification mindset would have given up. Yeah. They would be like, no, I'm over it. This isn't getting me the ROI that I need. And But it's like, look at Mr. Beast who kept going and now is paying for thousands of people to get their eyesight back and their hearing and their shoes on their feet and to change the world and has ridiculous millions of subscribers because of the good that he does. And thank goodness that he didn't give up when he didn't get the overnight success. Yeah, it definitely isn't an overnight thing. There's no... Uh occasionally someone will post one video and it does well and they blow up or whatever in four months. There's a couple stories like that, but that's, that's not the norm. So how, if someone wanted uh, help from you or ha just have a conversation around, does this make sense for my business? How, what would be the best way to get into contact with you? Yeah. If you go to vipleadmachine.com, that's, we have a, a video on there that explains our methodology. And then after that, there's a link to book a call. Um, also check me out on YouTube or Instagram. And I respond to all those messages personally on Instagram as well. That's awesome, Marley. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Really good content. And I love your story of getting into the dental industry, getting out and what you're doing now. Keep up the great work and we'll continue to follow you and stay in touch with you. Thank you so much. All right, cool.